Hey everyone, welcome back to the Coffee and Convos podcast for the best conversations with artists, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between happening over coffee. I'm your host, Alyssa, and I'm so excited because we're celebrating Women's History Month all of March and also International Women's Day, which happened on March 8th. We're celebrating women all month long by highlighting and having combos with incredible and inspiring women in our community every single week. And we also just released our first film project, Empowerment Project, on all platforms, including IGTV, YouTube, Facebook, and on our website, coffeeandcombos.com. Join in on the conversation and share what your power is or highlight a powerful woman in your life and use the hashtag Empowerment Project so we could see it and share it on Coffee and Convos. In today's episode, we're chatting with Carmela Prudencio, a San Diego-based artist, the marketing manager over at Pacific Arts Movement, and the co-founder of Terrace Gallery. I am so excited for this conversation, but I do want to give you all a heads up that at the end of the conversation, she does share some upcoming events that are unfortunately canceled or postponed just due to the social climate right now with COVID-19. So definitely stay tuned into what she does have to say because she drops so many gems and we get to chat about so many things, including why it's important to connect with the community, learning from our peers and new communities that we want to be a part of, sharing resources through opportunities and defining success on our own terms. So like I said, definitely tune in and see what she says about supporting community. I feel like it's so important, especially in this time that we're living in. So grab your cup of coffee or your favorite way to keep yourself fueled for the day and let's get this conversation started. so much, Carmela, for being here. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So before we really begin and start this conversation, I'd love to just know what's your story? Because from what I know of you, you are the co-founder of Tarot's Gallery. You are an artist, a curator, and you're also the managing... Wait. You're also the marketing manager at Pack Arts. Yeah, it's been really cool kind of doing all of those different things um, because I've found a pace where they all kind of intersect. So it doesn't really feel like I'm working when I'm working all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, I started working at Pacific Arts Movement just last August, but it's really changed a lot of how I've been perceiving um, the role of the organization, the role of like arts and culture film um, in a lot of the other personal goals that I have. So, um, I've been working towards, um, in the arts and culture scene here in San Diego, um, representation of, you know, my story and, um, me being Filipino American and looking and seeking community, um, has been something that has been consistent with all the work that I've been doing as an artist, as a curator, um, as an organizer in the community and at my day job too. So, um, I've always just been really, um, opinionated. So, Anytime I like, I'm like this, there's like this missing or I'm frustrated by the lack of this or, you know, I think we could do these things different. Um, I've always just been like, well, 
I'll just do it then, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So um, it's opened up a lot of opportunities for myself. So for instance, um, you know, starting to partner with Tarot's Gallery just maybe towards the end of 2018, um, I started hosting like experimental film screenings there and really connected with the founder of the space, Alejandra Frank. Um, And we just really clicked and worked together really well. Um, And I was so fortunate for her to like ask me to come on board to help curate at the space and help run operations and really just work on growing that community that already existed at Taros Gallery. Um, And I think it's a really special place in City Heights um, because we're working towards how we can engage the community better there, but also by like creating a really open space to have artists, you know, come up with whatever they imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's great to do curatorial work there because I use curation as a way to express myself actually and um, tell my stories too um, in different ways that we organize the messaging and the concepts that we bring in there. Um, And I've, only recently started applying that to um, my work as an artist. I've never thought of myself as an artist up until maybe like a month ago, to be honest. (laughs) Um, And it's just been something that I like to do, you know, in my spare time as like a hobby, right? Mm -hmm. It felt like that more. Um, And with partnering with Alejandra, she's been a support system for, um, you know, nurturing my development as an artist and encouraging me to show my work um, and telling me that I'm her favorite artist and like those kind of things has given me a sense of confidence to not only show my work but talk about it Mm. um, in ways where I'm expressing a lot of things that I might not be able to with words right Um, it's been a great avenue for that Um, And then with all of that work, too, just organizing in the community and really working with, um, you know, Filipino folks here in like National City and in San Diego to um, understand our struggles here in the United States, as well as our family overseas, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I like to apply a lot of that same messaging into the arts and culture work that I do. Um, And with all of that... Um, every day my job is doing marketing for the Pacific Arts Movement. Um, We present the San Diego Asian Film Festival and um, it feels like the perfect job for me based off of like all of that stuff, right? Um, We work towards representation of AAPI communities in um, film, television, and other media, right? Um, And so being able to amplify those messages through the work that I do in marketing and the different strategies that I use for communications um, feels aligned with everything else that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a lot, but it's actually really streamlined and I'm like really about being organized. So I'm smart with my time to make sure that I can evenly distribute my energy into all the things that I'm passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. I freaking love that. And (laughs) I love, I actually went to the show you curry last year overseas and I loved it because I knew a few of the Filipino artists involved. And I'd love for you to just share why it's important for you as a Filipino woman to, to put stories that haven't been told out 
into the public in that way. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many avenues that many of us can take and you did such a great job of curating everything from like film to photos and kind of bringing together a really cool experience in that one day. Well, I don't know. Was it one day? We had the opening. We, it was like a month long exhibition. Right. Yeah. Um, but we had a big opening that reception was opening. that was like really, mm-hmm. I don't know. My heart felt so full with all the people. I mean, I was still kind of anxious and I was like, oh, there's so many people here. <laughs> and I like, they all want to talk to me. And I'm yeah. like, okay, bye. Like, hi. Like getting pulled in different directions. But um, it was important for me to um, be able to provide a platform for these artists to tell their stories because um, I really feel like San Diego is my home now. And um, I grew up in Temecula, but I've been in San Diego for 10 years. Um, but one of the things that really um, kept me here is the connection to my culture and identity um, with the strength of the Filipino community here and that presence. Um, and I always wondered why there wasn't that, um, you know, deep of a connection to arts and culture with that, to tell these Mm -hmm. stories too. Um, But the thing is, there is, that that exists. Like the different Filipino artists that um, I brought together for that show have been around. They've been practicing artists for a while, or graphic designers, filmmakers, photographers. Um, But to put them in a context where we're specifically telling stories of us um, in the diaspora away from the Philippines to connect on a lot of shared experiences um, was also a way to showcase to non-Filipino folks um, an overlap of their experiences with ours too, you know, as immigrants Mm -hmm. and by being a border town, right? Um, And we don't often, I don't think as Filipino people get to really explore these creative avenues all the time because of the pressure of being first generation, second generation Americans and our parents encouraging us to take on uh, fields that support the family, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not a nurse or I'm not in the Navy or anything, yeah. right? Like <laughs> I went to fashion school and I worked in museums and different things like that. So it feels a little unconventional to the traditions that we see typically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to find this community of artists and us build connections and kinships with each other through being artists and thinking creatively. Um, I want other folks that aren't feeling like they're confident to show their work or confident as being an artist and being Filipino and like coming from these spaces to see that and want to continue that work too. You know, Mm -hmm. like um, I was surprised that there wasn't really a group show like that in San Diego for Filipino artists, right? Um, We have a huge population of Filipino folks here. It's part of like the history of struggle of Filipino folks here in San Diego with militarization and like just so many other things, right? Mm -hmm. We're part of San Diego. And that's why I love, well, it's one of the reasons why I love San Diego is like, you know, I can go to Seafood City. Like the other day I went to Seafood City and got like squid gross or grilled squid you know and like bought some like um what is it uh like rambutan you know (laughs) and it's like where do you where can I do that in other places you know um and it feels really good to find that community because it's so um scary to feel like you're the only one experiencing these different things even Mm -hmm. like the really like 
fun things. Like um, Veej, who was in the show, yeah. had um, really amazing like typography with like these phrases that your Filipino moms typically say. Yeah. <laughs> like, bahalaka, like those kind of things, right? Um, and it's stuff that's like, I didn't realize other people also like heard and experienced all these different things until I started finding like more Filipino folks to um, connect with. Right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you used to mess around with the crabs in the bin at Seafood City when you were a kid yeah. too, or slapping <laughs> the bags of rice or like just little things while you're bored waiting for your mom to like pick up the like fried catfish over at like the like fish market area. Yeah. Of the store. <laughs> so a great way for me to express a lot of things that I can't talk about is, um, like I had said, was through curating work and organizing the people together, bringing them together, and then for myself also through creating art. Um, and it feels amazing to like find other folks that kind of use those same avenues for expression too. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. Now, I would love to hear more about your work as an artist. What stories have you told through the art that you've created and what is your medium and how, where does that inspiration come from? So it's something that, um, I've been just, I really like to use my hands and I've been trying to like not be on my phone as much too. Like I just need to move my hands. Right. And Mm -hmm. so that's why I'm really interested in, um, like creating collages, analog collage, so just cutting out a bunch of stuff um, and then piecing together pieces of things that existed already and creating something new out of it. Um, And then I've also started um, teaching myself knitting and weaving. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a whole process and story that I'm like trying to develop through learning this skill, which is kind of a part of like our history of being Filipino, right, and indigenous traditions um but also as a way to like create community through that so I'm practicing that right now so that I can share it with more people um but a lot of it has been like a way to I I got back into making art because I was like kind of feeling sad right um and I didn't want to wallow in it anymore you know I was like how do I like divert this energy from the couch and Netflix to like you know creating something and start thinking about things in a different lens. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just started obtaining like a bunch of different like magazines and books and stuff like that. And um, a lot of the work that has been inspiring me for the analog collage work that I do is uh, like texture and then thinking about the body as part of landscapes. So um, a lot of that comes from thinking about my place in communities and how I feel like I don't belong to myself. I belong to everyone. And that sounds Mm. kind of negative, but I actually really like to think of it as a way to like think of my place and my decisions and what I'm capable of doing to contribute to a larger cause, a larger body of people. Um, so I try and convey that in that work. Um, And it's something that I don't necessarily like talk about a lot because sometimes it does feel stressful to feel like if one decision I make has a ripple effect on like different things that I'm a part of because I do a lot of stuff. So like if I like bail, if I make a wrong decision, I feel like more than one person feels that. Mm. And sometimes that's 
a lot of pressure. Yeah. So how, and how do I talk about that? Cause we don't really want to talk about our weaknesses all the time. Right? right. Like even in this conversation right now, I'm like, Oh, I'm getting, I'm going into it. So we're talking <laughs> about it. Um, but I like to think about like, you know, who I am physically too, as a form putting myself on this planet too, like this earth, um, and the communities that I'm a part of. Um, and like how that just, is a whole fabric that exists that if I pull a string and cross tension, it like pulls everything else together. Mm-hmm. So that's where a lot of that's from. And then now I'm like literally learning weaving to kind of see like how all these pieces work together. Cause I really love thinking about process and building. Um, and then also getting to a certain goal or like tangible item or something like that. Right. right. Yeah. Um, I think I apply that to, the other types of work that I do as well is that kind of framework of how I think is all about figuring out how to do it and then, you know, how that's affecting other people and how it's going to get me to where I want to be. Because I want to always consider how I affect others. I don't know. I think it's like a Libra thing, but like, (laughs) um, but um, it's, I just, I care about these folks that are in my community, right? Yeah. Um, And I also don't want to like martyr myself too in these situations where I feel like I'm like, I'm like saving all these people. No, it's not like that. Right. But I do understand my place Mm. um, in all the spaces that I occupy. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the expression in my art is coming from. Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely love that. And I love that you touch on community because I feel like you play such a big role in this community in San Diego and as it's continuing to grow and continuing to thrive in its very unique way, you you seem to like gather and be a part of and put yourself in these different positions to make sure that you're providing space for other creators and also people of color, which is huge because I feel like especially you know, curating that show, that group show for Filipino artists here in San Diego. That's definitely the first I've ever seen of it. The first that I've really got to see all of those creators come into like one experience, which was absolutely beautiful. And we got to eat lumpia, which was equally as awesome. <laughs> it was amazing because we. I was like, you know, this is a Filipino show. And if we don't have a potluck aspect to this, then I don't know how Filipino this really is. If we're not feeding our guests in this space that we're like welcoming them into, mm-hmm. am I, is this really a Filipino show? <laughs> Beautiful touch. I loved it. It was great. And um, I feel like there's this surge and spike in building the community now. And I would love to hear from you, like how, how can others who are maybe looking for communities that they feel underserved or they don't feel represented, how can they either like, maybe they don't have the right mindset where like, oh, I could create this for myself. What resources can they kind of look towards and how can they find their communities if they aren't building it themselves? I think something that um, causes hesitation for folks for reaching out is thinking that, you know, the people that they want to talk to and connect with don't have time for it. Mm. But it's really about just putting yourself out there and asking. Um, I think mentorship is really important, too, and also, like, um, horizontal peer-to-peer mentorship as well so that it's not hierarchical where somebody's like this expert on something. No, it's each of us have unique skills and resources that we can share like across with each other. 
Um, and this is what I tell my interns at my job all the time is like, don't be afraid to ask somebody to just get coffee with them, like, and just ask them what they do. Right. Um, it's something that I learned while I was working in Balboa Park um, at the Museum of Photographic Arts is there was a lot of really cool people working at other museums and we were all like in one space in the park. Um, and sometimes I would just meet people at our marketing collaborative meetings um, and just get coffee with them or even just ask them like, how did they get there? So I see really amazing women of color in these leadership positions and Sometimes I just ask them to get a cup of coffee and ask them how they got to where they are, right? Um, there is a fear, though, that I get if you're, like, introverted um, or feel like somebody's going to say no to you that you don't want to ask those things. But sometimes people will say no to you, but it's important to just try. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think another way to find your community is two things. One is going to the spaces that they're at, right? Like thinking about aspirationally, like like if you want to be showing your work in gallery spaces, go to them and ask the artists about that, right? Um, a second thing is if those spaces don't exist, create them yourself. Um, and I think that's what I really was um, looking at with that show at the front um, with that group show for the Filipino artists was... I want to create this space because I want to find these people and I'm exploring my identity myself as being Filipino American. Right. Um, it's not something that I've ever like claimed a lot. Like I never had like Pinoy pride or anything mm. growing up. Mm -hmm. um, I just felt weird, you know, like I was just different and like maybe I smelled weird because of the fish my mom was cooking at my house or like I have rice stuck to my sock. So is that a weird <laughs> thing? Like, um, but creating those spaces is something that we all have the power to do, right? Mm. Um, and I think that it's important to feel like we can reach out to each other and, you know, help each other reach our goals um, because it's really the community aspect that you either can be a part of or you can help build yourself. Um, so get out there and just ask somebody to grab a cup of coffee, you know? Yeah. I love that. And that's how, like, we became friends. I know. I know. And I feel like <laughs> that's, like, really a cool. whole, like, thing that is also part of, like, your ethos and the work that you do is, like, just reaching out, you know. Mm -hmm. um, more often than not, I think people will say yes, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, ugh, my interns, I tell them, I'm like, ask for their business card and then email them a follow-up saying, mm -hmm. thanks so much for this time that you spent. I'd love to hear more about what you do, you know. Um, and sometimes you don't get a response but, like, I seriously think that that's okay. You just keep trying. The more that you put yourself out there, the higher success rate you'll get for, like, you know, connecting with somebody. Exactly. And that's just, like, outreach in general. I feel like, like, at a, at a scale in community, like, that's what it looks like. It's mm -hmm. just, like, reaching out to someone that you admire or someone that you're like, oh, wow, I really like their art. Or, like, oh, I would love to hear more about their process. And, oh, I, like... I would like to paint one day and they're incredible, like abstract painter. Um, and then like, it goes to even like pitching yourself because you're oh, yeah. in marketing as well. So being on that other side, like if you run your own business or if you're representing yourself or, you know, you want to work with a company, it, it works in that sense as well. It's just like, hi, like introducing yourself and being like, I really love your product or I really love your brand and what you stand for. Mm. And I feel like we both align in this way. I would love to start a conversation with you and the kind of like having that 
opportunity to yeah. build that relationship because at the end of the day, it all comes down to like relationships and like, that's, that's the core of anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like, Hey, like I want to ask you out for a cup of coffee so I can like gain a bunch of knowledge yeah. from you and like give nothing in return. But it's like more so like, how can I help you? How can I support you and your goals um, with the resources I have and, you know, vice versa. That's always, I don't know. I feel like there's always some hesitation, like you said, where people are like kind of scared of that rejection Mm -hmm. or that fear of like, I don't know if anyone will respond to me, but I think there's also that fear of like, I hope they don't think I'm like taking advantage of them. Yeah. That's totally it too. I I definitely can see that. And I don't know. I think the more that we practice just, you know, building relationships and building these connections, like this is like the type of world that I want to see. Right. And so I'm putting it into practice with just like day-to-day interactions with people is like, how do we help each other? You know, Mm -hmm. like I want us to like uplift communities globally. Right. Like, or even the political climate, like how do we shift that where we care about each other? Um, And it starts every single day. Like I, I think this a lot and it might sound cheesy, but like, you know, the revolution is every day. Mm. Like every time you interact with someone, you have choices that you can make. You can choose to be like a jerk. You can choose to let them talk over you. You can choose to, you know, listen to each other, like all of those things. But the more that we practice like the things that are, you know, connecting with people and being kind with one another, those are like ways that I want like our world to operate, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it'll just spread over time. So I love that that's perspective. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, we we went to Creative Mornings this morning. And one thing that she talked about, Cece Edelson, she's an incredible designer. She works with a lot of nonprofits here in San Diego and beyond. But um, she's from San Diego. She started her work in New York and she came back. But something that she did talk about was the topic about investment and how every, like, again, kind of like reiterating what you said is that you have a choice every single day to invest in whatever your goal is. And whether it's like battling fear or doubt, like you have to get over that and take those risks. Otherwise, like, what are you doing to invest in like your dreams and, and the community you want to be a part of and the, like the future self, Mm -hmm. right? And so I thought it was fascinating because I feel like that's where um, I'm at personally with just like trying to build this business and, you know, like thinking about like, hey, we just moved into this new space in National City and we really want to make sure that the other like creative communities here know that we're here to support them Mm -hmm. and even like the surrounding businesses and just like it's cool to see, like, I grew up here when I first moved here to San Diego in the National City. And it was, I kind of, I love that you mentioned, like, just going back to what you said about growing up as a, growing up in school and being that, like, weirdo Filipino kid. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, like, my my grandpa would always pick me up in his, like, old Mustang, like, his 60s Mustang. And every time I'd go in reverse, and make, like, a weird sound. But it was, like, music, but it was not. It was <laughs> super loud. And then we'd, like, leave the school. We'd go get Pandasal down the street. And then, like, we'd go back to my grandparents' house until my parents picked me up. And that was, like, just my, like, norm yeah. when I moved here. And it's just, like, being in that neighborhood down, like, Division, like, maybe a couple miles from here is so interesting. And to to see that we've 
built our new studio here and creating this feels like a very full circle moment for me. And it's just like, oh man, like, you know, I remember coming down here a mile of cars and Mm -hmm. like coming in this neighborhood and just like when it was there was barely anything here. Late nights at In and Out. Yes, I've done that exactly. over here. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's just like it's interesting where the universe pulls you and where you're mm-hmm. meant to be because like I've gone through just in the last year starting this business, like so many um challenges with like the spaces that we were in, trying to build a production studio and trying to build the communities um that we wanted, but like, you know, given the whole situation with like landlords or just like, it just wasn't the right fit. Like it was, and here we are now, like yeah. we're, we're exactly like we're supposed to be. And it feels like, I don't know, like serendipitous, you know, yeah, like exactly. it works. And it's interesting that like for you, it's like this story has come full circle because mm-hmm. now you're able to provide resources to the community that you might've wanted to access when you were a kid too. Mm-hmm. Like I think about that a lot is like, how do I become somebody that would have supported me as a kid, you know, like struggling, being like a weirdo teenager, rebellious kid, whatever kind of thing, you know, um, how do I be compassionate to people? Cause that's really all I needed, you know, Mm -hmm. or else maybe I wouldn't have gotten in all this trouble that I got into, you know, (laughs) if somebody was just like, are you okay? Like you want to talk about what's happening or something like that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and to your point earlier about the, like these relationships, Mm -hmm. um, that's how I see, all of my different practices as like, that's like the, the channel, the method, the medium of like, um, working towards our goals is, you know, I talk about to my interns at Pack Arts about how like marketing is just relationship building, honestly, like that's one of the big differences between like marketing and sales type things, right. Is like you're sharing experiences, um, and you're trying to build these connections that, I mean, Sometimes they end up being selling you something, right? But mm-hmm. for me, because I've just I've only done marketing work for nonprofits, I kind of have a different way that I look at that. And it's about the community and it's about how do I build relationships with other people and organizations so that we can partner together and like work together towards our mission. Mm-hmm. Um so even with things like building relationships with press people. My like I keep talking about my interns cuz they're amazing and That's talented amazing, yeah. and I've just been training them the past month. So I've spent a lot of time with them, but this is like something where I want to provide rich experiences for them because they're not getting paid for this work, right? Like a lot of internships are like you'll get work experience for your portfolio and like all of these things, but like I really want to ensure that those things happen because you know I want to teach them that the relationship building is important to what they're doing. Um, And so that's why I make them collaborate with each other a lot. (laughs) I'm like, this is one project and the video production team is going to work with graphic design. It's going to work with the social media team Mm -hmm. to create content. Um, And they're able to share their skills with each other. Like, I don't know anything about video production. So I've also kind of been learning stuff from them too. Like these 20 year old kids that are like so talented um, are able to teach each other and myself stuff too. So I'm hoping that what they get out of those experiences at this nonprofit is how to work with other people and collaborate to accomplish this one thing that ultimately contributes to like a larger picture, mm-hmm. you know? That's huge because it's like, it's that like trickle effect. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, um, how 
what you're nourishing and helping them grow is going to lead to like other opportunities for them and like what what they learn from this experience they get to take on and teach other people maybe in like future opportunities that they do have so I think that's beautiful and I I think at your core like from what I've seen is that you're always so giving and I love that you're always so willing to like again, contribute to the community, help it grow where it needs it. And to put yourself in that position to seriously, like give resources to other women, other people of color, and just like allowing them these opportunities to share their story because it's so important. Again, I'd love to hear more because you did kind of touch on it about how like our upbringing has affected us because like, like you said, maybe if the resources were there when you were younger, you wouldn't have gotten like in trouble or whatever (laughs) as often as you did. But I feel like we've all been there. Mm -hmm. And I know you and I have had this conversation like off air and stuff about how um, our upbringing, you know, in a Filipino household, it's so different. And like, you know, we have these expectations to be in a career that again, feeds and builds a family. And it's just like, I, to see how different we are in this generation mm-hmm. and in the career path that we're in, like, I, I, I still get like a lot of my own family, like looking at me and questioning what I do every single time I see them. And every single time they're like, wait, what? Like, I'll bring them to this space and be like, this is exactly what we do. But it's still like, when are you going to go back to school? When are yeah. you When are you going to um, get a real job? And I'm like, this is it. <laughs> yeah, I think I've like fought for that for a long time, which is probably why I got in trouble a lot as a kid. Was yeah. <laughs> I just kind of always had like marched to the beat of my own drummer, right? Um, and I figured out from an early age that like, I don't know, I can – get approval from myself, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't need validation for what I want to do from my family, which sometimes comes off as disrespectful, especially when I was younger and I didn't understand the context of, like, the reasons why these traditions have been there for a long time, you know, from colonization and just upbringing and all of this stuff that is just generational. Um, And so I kind of just, like, took this stance where I was like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. And that sounds kind of irresponsible, but it's actually just me taking my own path to get to where I want to be. And at this point, I'm 30 years old now, um, my family kind of already knows and has accepted that I'm not going to be taking traditional pathways to success. And I'm going to define success on my own terms. Um, and sometimes I have to explain it a lot, like why, like this KPBS article was super important to me or like being able to sell a piece of my work was really important to me, you know, um, because it's measured differently, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and I'm defining that for myself. Um, but it, 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 t- it took a while to get to that point where I've accepted who I am because even though I was kind of like, yeah, I'll do whatever I want. I'm going to take my own path and you know, whatever kind of thing. Um, it's still taken a while to reconcile that that's okay. You know, there's like this sense of guilt where you're like, man, should I be doing these things that my parents are telling me to do that they expect me to do? Like, I still think about that. Um, but I'm okay with that now. Like I can Mm -hmm. feel that sense of guilt sometimes, you know, but not let that affect the pathway that I'm taking. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And, you know, I've heard growing up, and I'm sure you've heard this too, like about how much that our parents struggled to get to this point to bring us to this land of opportunity, right? Absolutely. Um, And it's one of those things where I try and tell my parents, like, the reason why you came here is so that I could have choices. I can have choices to pursue whatever dreams that I had, you know? Um, And I'm going to do that because I do understand that you worked really hard to get here. And I've heard the stories of like, you know, growing up in poverty in the Philippines and, you know, having like a million siblings in one room, Mm -hmm. like, and, you know, the struggles of just um, the political climate there in general. Like my mom grew up during like a dictatorship in the Philippines, right? Like with Marcos and everything. Um, And of course her experiences were like, harder than mine you know um but also they it's thinking about the outcomes of what they've worked for and trying trying to connect with them like this is this is you laid the groundwork for me to be at where I am you know I am this Mm -hmm. way because of y'all and like um it's a positive way of telling them that I'm not gonna listen to what they (laughs) want me to do (laughs) but um but also a respect thing like Respect is so important in Filipino, like, culture, right? right? Respeto. Um, And I do respect them and what they've done for me. And I want to prove to them that what they've done for me was not in vain because I'm going to be successful on my own terms in the fields that I want to take. And Mm -hmm. right now, my measurement of success has just been about what has made me feel good, you know? And sometimes it is just, like, volunteering my time, helping out folks, you know, connect with I don't know, whoever else, you know, an artist or a gallery person or this job, you know, Um, and how many people that I'm trying to like connect with. Like, I really want to build, I have big dreams, (laughs) but especially here um, in San Diego and in National City is like, how do I build a legacy to where my ideas and this like, um, these values that I have can continue because I truly believe that that's a way to really build the future that I want to see and build the world that I want to see too, you know, Mm -hmm. is just providing places where people can make choices themselves to take whatever paths they want. So Mm -hmm. whether it's one, well, one of the big things that I want to do in the next like five years, maybe shorter time, we'll see, um, is, um, establish like a Filipino cultural center here in national city, you know, um, I love art and I really think like I talked about earlier how it's such like an important mode of expression. And um, if our community is given a space to do all of those things, then like the possibilities are endless. Like they don't have to go in there and make art or whatever. Right. Like (laughs) it can be used for other things so that it's just a place for our community to come um, and explore traditions that might have been lost for a long time. Um, Like, dancing and weaving Mm. and all of these things. Um, And then also like trying to build communities within that as well um, is like a big dream that I have that I I want to give to San Diego because it's given me so much. Yeah. Ooh, girl. I know. It's like a big thing. I've I've been doing my research and talking to people and really trying to connect with what the community needs. Cause I also understand too that with arts and like, the artist's responsibility is to connect with the communities that we're working in, right? Um, and I don't want to assume that people need this or that, you know, kind of thing. Right. I want to make a place where they can make choices too. Mm-hmm. 
No, that's beautiful. And I can't wait to see that come to fruition. I have no doubt it'll happen sooner than you think. Um, but I, I, I'm like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> um, I think kind of like talking on that note, like what you are creating, because you do have Sine Sama coming up. Yeah. Yes. I forgot about that. It's like another thing Girl, that I'm working on. I, I just had a meeting yesterday too about it. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's awesome. So tell us about that, your vision, because... This episode will come out pretty much the Monday before. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Whoa, cool. Um, okay. So um, I do some activist work with a Filipino group called Anakbayan here. Um, and it was another way for me to kind of connect with my community and learn more about myself and understanding the history of struggle that the Fil Filipinos have endured for forever almost, you know, um, was important to put into context with the work that I'm doing. Um, and now that I've been kind of immersed in understanding um, issues that are happening there and how they're affecting us here and our families and what they're going through um, in the Philippines, um, I want to figure out a way to share that with other folks that aren't Filipino too, you know? Um, and for me, because I work for like a film festival, I understand that film is such an amazing way to tell stories you know, um, and in a way that's digestible and accessible. Like I think about movies as the medium of the masses. Like mm. this is something that can be mass distributed and it's the messages can be interpreted in um, individual ways, but there's still like a core of like what the content is trying to accomplish. Um, and so with Sinesama, it's um, a film screening series that we're going to regularly have at some different locations. One of them verbatim books in North park, um, which will be the first screening is going to be March 22nd there. Um, and then other spaces like the digital gym. Um, I'm trying to talk to some folks at a theater in Tijuana, like just trying to figure out how I can tell our stories to more people um, so that this is part of the pack arts mission that I'm kind of stealing right now, but like we're trying to build like a compa more compassionate society, um, through being able to understand other perspectives. And I've always been able to do that through watching movies. Mm -hmm. So if I'm able to try and curate some of those experiences, um, and connect the issues and topics that are addressed in these films, um, to, a context that's more relatable. So um, we're going to be bringing in different community organizers um, that are relevant to the issues addressed in the films um, to talk about what actions that the audience can take to, you know, amplify these messages or provide mutual aid or even just learn more about what we're talking about in these mm -hmm. films, you know. Um, so the first film we're showing is Pagandoy, and it's about the indigenous community in the Philippines, the Lumad community um, in Mindanao. And, you know, they've faced a lot of attacks and harassment from the government and from like different mining and logging companies. Um, and they're losing their ancestral lands. You know, this is like deeply rooted in like our culture is, you know, people taking advantage of the resources in the community and kind of taking away their way of life. Um, so it's addressing their kind of um, fight to preserve the culture there and their identities and protect the land that has given them so much. Mm -hmm. um, and so with that, we're bringing in the filmmaker, um, Hias, um, and um, 
we're going to have her present and then we're going to have somebody from this organization called Liang Network um, who collaborates with different um, folks in Mindanao and here in the States to provide aid and resources to the like different tribes there in their community. So we have um, educational resources that we're bringing in so that people can kind of hear about what the current situation is there um, and also ways that they can help support their efforts too. Um, And it's like a lot to talk about and I could dive really crazy deep into it, but this is why I really like the format of showing a documentary about this um, is that you see it there. Like the context is put out there where these filmmakers are going into different like um, encampments where, you know, these people have been displaced and are trying to find refuge in different churches or in urban areas um, and talking to these folks face to face. Like those are experiences that we might not get to have here. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been in the Philippines a couple of times and I've only gotten to go to Manila where my family's from. Um, And to see this other side of the coin, I guess, of what the Philippines has to offer um, really opened my eyes to how can I use like these traditions, like instead of like diverting from the traditions, which I've, we've been talking about doing is tapping into the traditions of our ancestors and seeing how their work um, and their self-determination and their autonomy um, has shaped the way that their societies work. Um, And it's a great model for, you know, kind of what I want to see in this world too. Um, is how they collaborate with one another, how they deal with conflict, how they support each other with resources, farming and doing chores and all of this stuff. Like the way that it's delegated is um, an interesting study for me. And um, more than that, this is their way of life that, you know, has been disrupted by a corrupt government or from greedy like corporations, you know, Um, And I want to figure out ways that I can help protect that for them, too, and also learn from, you know, I'm sure my ancestors, like, centuries ago were living this kind of life, but that was also disrupted by, like, colonization and all of these different things. Um, But it doesn't mean that we can't go back to using that as a way to see the world either. Mm -hmm. I love that you're literally giving this documentary light because this is something that I've never heard of, you know, and again, kind of like talking about how it brings another perspective to like kind of just understand and be more compassionate to, to people, right? Like it, there's so much happening in the world that we don't know of. And it's a matter of like doing our research and immersing ourselves in these conversations, in these communities and checking out these different films and like putting ourselves in a position to be more aware of these issues and things that are going on, especially in our own culture, because that's something that I haven't really done because I always found like shame in it. Mm -hmm. And I was always kind of like embarrassed by it, which is so ironic because like I competed in a Miss Philippines pageant. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Back in like 2007. And like I... 
I was like in the top five or whatever. And it was like so weird because like I did have to immerse myself to learning like a Filipino cultural dance. And I mm-hmm. had to really learn more about the Philippine the Filipino culture that I wasn't aware of before and also kind of influence, like using my own influence and like what my goals were, even though at the time I think I was like, yeah, I want to be a nurse, even though that was like, (laughs) (laughs) definitely not where I am in life right now. Um, Just how, how interesting it is because our culture, it, it, it's, yeah, it's how, I don't know. Like, I don't even know how to say Well, like, for me, too, it's, like, one of those things where I am not an expert at this stuff at all, right? Right. Like, I'm just learning about different communities, and I'm learning more about Filipino-ness and how that's actually not a monolith. It's, like, so expansive of what being Filipino is, right? Um, but I, I, like, have... I'm like okay with being vulnerable with that because I really love learning stuff. So I just ask these questions because I just want the information. Like Mm -hmm. I want to know what's happening. Who are these people? Who am I? Who's my family? Like all of these things. Um, And so like I said, I'm in no way an expert, but it's just important to figure out how we can use the skills that we already have and the resources that we already have to not only like uplift and amplify these messages, but for us to learn in the process of doing these things. And mm-hmm. I, I think that with everything that I've been doing has been a means to learn something new about myself. I love that. Yeah. Girl. <sighs> I know it's a lot. I'm like, my armpits are sweating from talking about all this stuff. <laughs> that is so funny. You can, but you can leave that in the okay. podcast <laughs> if you want. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's great. Um, Well, because this episode is coming out in March and it's Women's History Month and it's also International Women's Day on March 8th, I really wanted to bring some influential women in this community on this podcast, which is why I'm so excited that you are in this conversation with me. And before we kind of wrap up the podcast and talk about all the things you have coming up, I would love to know as a woman and just you – What is your superpower? Oh my God, it's my voice. I know this 100% because I was supposed to do this podcast like last week and I lost my voice actually Mm. and I felt so powerless. But also communication is so important to me and it's like what I've studied and it's something that I use to connect communities together. And I, one of my mantras is like, um, be heard, you know? Um, And so it's encouraging me to voice my opinions, my feelings, my thoughts, um, and feel safe and feel okay with being vulnerable. Um, but also utilizing my voice too, um, because I understand that I have privileges, um, to help like other communities that might not have the privileges that I do to tell their stories. So definitely that. Ooh, I love that. And the reason why I asked is because I feel as women, we, we feel, at least I feel like in the, in the same rooms that I've been in women with tons of women and just like being, having these private conversations with women, we oftentimes feel like we're not worthy and that we're not enough. And that like, that sometimes we don't have that power. We don't have whatever we define our superpower to be. And we place our worth in our job titles mm-hmm. or what how other people perceive us when really it's, again, like 
what your power is and what what's inside. So I'd love to know, like, why is it important for a woman to own their power? I, I just think that we should all own our power, but it's not an equitable field for us to do that. And so for women, we just have to fight harder, you know? Um, and for women of color, we have to fight even harder to be heard. Um, but I promise to everybody that it's worth it to fight for those things because if you want to live the life that you want, you have to fight for it sometimes, you know? Um, and there's going to be moments of peace where it feels like you got to that certain point, but life comes at you and things change. And, you know, there's so many variables that, you know, you need to like have at your core this strength um, to be heard. Mm. Oh, girl, all the feels. <laughs> <laughs> so with all of the things that you have coming up, how can we support you? What things can we look forward to? So um, let's see. March 22nd is going to be Sinisama's first film screening at Verbatim Books from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, it's about a 20-minute film. Um, and then we'll have a Q&A with the director and some community organizers after that. Um, and it's free for everybody. We're taking donations that'll go 100% go to Liang Network, um, which will help um, communities in Mindanao um, with particularly, particularly right now earthquake relief. Um, and then also um, the Spring Showcase is coming up at Pacific Arts Movement. And um, I'm really excited about the films that we're trying to secure right now. So that'll be April 16th through the 23rd um, at Ultra Star Mission Valley. Um, so if you want to hear some stories and know more about different perspectives, I highly suggest watching movies and going to these movies. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And before I close out, I have two questions for you. Something that I ask a lot of, well, all of our guests is what is a piece of advice you would give to someone who is looking for like the next thing and trying to move towards the next phase of their life? This is something that I'm teaching myself right now. And I think it's working is um, trying to listen to your intuition. Like I'm a really cerebral, logical person. And right now I'm trying to like feel those gut feelings and feel confident and convicted in the path that I'm taking because it feels right, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I, I don't really know how to do that yet, but I feel like my, my education on trying to get to that point has given me a lot of things already, um, given me confidence um, and given me um, mindfulness and like my day-to-day -day stuff um, is just trying to like tap into like, you know, what's existing inside me already mm -hmm. um, and like being more physically present too because um, I seriously feel like sometimes I'm just in my own head. Yeah. So, you know, listening, following your instincts really. I love that. And our last question that I love to ask every guest, because I feel like there's so much power in conversation and having something so intimate, though we're not enjoying coffee right now. If you can have a coffee and combos with anyone, who would it be? Why? You? No. We're doing it right <laughs> We're now. We're doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Who's some cool people in this world that I love talking to? Um. hard I'm gonna have to edit this a little bit because I'm trying to think of somebody because like I really love talking to folks and 
Um, you know, I love to have a coffee and convos um, with. Oh, I think. Does it have to be a woman? No, not at all. You know, um, one of my favorite artists here in San Diego is TJ Santa Ana, and I don't. He was in my show um, at, overseas, um, but. There's something about the way that he talks about his art and about being Filipino um, and about his experiences that is so unlike how I would talk about it, but that's why I love it so much. And I'm always really moved by it. He's a Scorpio, so it's like way different than me. (laughs) Um, But I really love hearing his perspectives. Like I love new, fresh perspectives and he his his is different than my mind works. So I mm. I love talking to people that are like that, you know. Um yeah. TJ's an amazing, like um, what is it, abstract artist here. He has a gallery or he has a studio space in City Heights at the Urban Shop. Oh, cool. Um and just cranks out work like a boss, like really. And the way that he talks about it, it's very abstract. Um, but when you hear the inspiration and where a lot of this is coming from, it makes so much sense. And he's one of those people that I think really trusts his intuition and taps into his emotions to express mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it's that's like feels like the opposite of me. So I really love to learn the way that people think and how maybe parts of their processes I can apply into my life. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. I'll have to look into his work. Yeah. It's amazing. Really, yeah. I'll show you it after this on my phone. Please. <laughs> and for those who would like to continue to follow you and like keep up with what you're doing on social media, where can they find you? Um, my Instagram is Narmella. So um, G-N-A-R-M-E-L-A. Um, you can follow... Uh, Pack Arts Movement on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook, too. Um, but I'm I'm on Instagram a lot, so DM me if you want to get a coffee. Yay! Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in to the Coffee and Convos podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please rate us and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're streaming on. Our team would greatly appreciate it. The Coffee and Convos podcast is produced by Futures Past. And our original theme song is produced by Sounds by DJ.